0: What is up, folks? Welcome back to the Emulsion Podcast. My name is Justin Kana, and this is the first episode of Season 2. My guest today is Dasfi. If you aren't familiar with him from Season 1, he actually had two episodes. Uh, Somehow I managed to invite him back once already in the first 100 episodes, which was great because he is one of the few people in Seattle that I... Consider a great creative peer. Him and I like to bounce ideas off of each other. He is also very entrepreneurial himself, and we get into that in this episode for sure. This is also the first international episode, I'm pretty sure, that has been recorded. Uh, Him and I, we say it was a super secret project in Japan. We were effectively uh, doing something for Visit Seattle, which is already out on his Instagram page if you want to check that out. He was artist, I was videographer. And we start off this episode by doing a bit of a challenge. That David Chang poses uh, for everybody to do if they find themselves in Japan, which uh, we taste through a couple of different things. If you have a trip to Japan coming up, I highly recommend uh, you listen to this. This could effectively be its own standalone piece of content. But then we get into it uh, probably around the, I want to say 20, yeah, 25 minute mark is when we start to get into uh, things about being creative talking to chefs, pitching new ideas to people who don't necessarily believe in you quite yet, but you want to collaborate, and how to get past no in that regard, and and, and so much more. He's such a creative force, and I'm very excited to have him on the show again. Please enjoy our interview.
1: I don't know if it sounds like me.
0: It does. I think so. I think you're also a different, like, you're a different voice on camera sometimes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh Okay, fair. Um, But we all are. Um, So many people have said that to me, where it's like... You hear your own voice and it doesn't really exactly sound like you.
1: But in your pockets, I, I know it does sound like you.
0: Well, that's also because I've like tailored my voice over the past two years to sound like, maybe not sound like me, but like I feel more comfortable in my own skin talking on camera where I don't feel like I have to adjust my voice so much and I don't have to, um, not characterize caricatur- it, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't have to switch pitch. I don't have to, um, yeah, it's me. It's just me. No, no, I, I believe you. So, have I told you what's going to happen with uh, Season 2 of the podcast? No. So, so much of Season 1 was me getting better at interviewing, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to get crippled by trying to find better, quote-unquote, better interviewees. I feel like so much of what I do is trying to find people who are, like, in the process of doing something, Mm -hmm. and so for Season 2, which I'm calling Episode 101 through 199... Okay, I'm basically going to go spend a lot of time checking back in with some of the people that I've already
1: interviewed. Oh, so like following up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And doing like another another interview. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like all these people like interviewing Derek again is going to be great because like oh, yeah. his restaurant's closed down and he has a new space now. And like me, Kim, how is she doing after a year yeah. and a half of being open? Um, I mean, those are two different trajectories <clears> too. Exactly. But the funny thing about you is you're the only person who showed, showed up twice in season one.
1: Oh man, I feel honored.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's it was natural. It was yeah. a natural fit because our first one went so well. You were the first one where I really sat down to edit that interview, and I was like, "Whoa, there's like a lot what? of stuff here, especially for the creative ones, like the ones who That's are okay. who like the artistic process, who mm-hmm. like um, finding inspiration in unlikely places, who yeah. like um, kind of uh, the unknown of taking on a new project okay. and not knowing if the medium is going to work, not knowing how the audience is going to respond. And like I thought, there was a lot of philosophical stuff in there.
1: Yeah, I, I, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh <laughs> man, we went we went deep. Mm-hmm, that's true. A little more philosophical than I thought we did.
0: Should we start there? Do you want to give an update? Do you want to talk about what's all over this table right now?
1: Uh, I think I think we should start with what we ate on the table. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: Only uh, because I started off literally on the table with the menu art right and there you go it. and you there you go start from behind the kitchen so yeah, it's like yeah, it's a good common place
0: okay so for everybody that's only listening we have a table in front of us of a bunch of wrappers and plastic containers because we just destroyed a whole slew of Japanese convenience store delicacies and so do you want to tell everybody where this idea came from for you because this was like something you really wanted to do yes because we're in Tokyo
1: yes um first kudos to Justin to say we should eat before we do the podcast because <laughs> yeah.
0: we almost did all of this eating and trying and testing on camera and that would have not been great
1: yeah that would have been terrible there's been a lot of a lot of more rappers and chewing than actually talking so um I am a big fan of David Chang's podcast when he talks about food I mean I'm a fan of it in general but food is like yes 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 and then the fact that it coincided that at the end of his renee podcast about eating at the convenience stores in japan especially tokyo i was like oh yes we should do this um one on two counts is uh like i think convenient food the way we perceive it in the u.s is it's completely different mm-hmm. it's just like something quick i feel like people view it convenient food food like one tier lower than fast food right
0: like it's it's not even an alternative it's a uh it's a degrading thing
1: right like you're either it's less than a meal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but here it's not the case. Here's not the case, mm. and uh, it's fascinating, especially since we went and we see we see the culture behind how convenient foods are, t- are taken, and then just it gives you kind of a perspective of what is common or what is like comfort food mm. in mm-hmm. in a group, and in, in, in Japan, and we're being you know trans transported to this new environment and was like hey what do we know about this because it's it's very common Mm. and so the recommendations on david Chang's podcast especially since you know we were limited on how much we can eat (laughs) Mm. is we went to lawson's got the chicken nuggets and he said everything which we saw there was a lot
0: and there was a variation as well
1: yeah extremely Mm -hmm. and then sandwiches which is another if you think about it american Mm -hmm. concept Mm -hmm especially um, with the white bread and, right I mm-hmm. actually it should be english too really right. more english sure. toast, yeah yeah that's true with uh, toast and mm-hmm. yeah and then the drinks and and then what your forte is and i'm really glad you did is desserts yeah, desserts yeah. oh and good. the on-
0: onigiri we got three kinds of onigiri that's as right as well. that is right so why do you think that why do you think that is why do you, why well part of it is is population density right mm-hmm. but i feel like part of the reason why especially Americans get so impressed when they come to Japan and they Mm -hmm. they see the quality of food that comes out of these places is because the brand is essentially the same if you go into a 7-Eleven, right? Yeah, It would be the same as if you were to go to South America and you sat down at a McDonald's and they gave you a cloth napkin. You'd be like, whoa, this is crazy because you associate 7-Eleven with gas stations and Slurpees Mm -hmm. and in Japan, it's like, Really nicely cooked rice and pork katsu sandwiches. Right, right. Um, I don't know. Do you have Do you have a theory behind that, or, or should we not spend too much time on that and just just kind of discuss the?
1: I mean, the only theory I have, and it's not it's not like a brand new theory. I, I get it from other stuff, and you know, lately I've been listening to a lot of entrepreneur podcasts, mm. and it's it's all to do is like customer satisfaction. Right. So first impression, what do you expect, and what it leaves on you after you leave, mm. and I think this food or any other food comes in like if you think about comfort food you want something that makes you one taste good it's quick and affordable Mm -hmm. and afterwards just like happy right right and so i think this is the this is a perfect example Mm -hmm. hence the name convenience stores right
0: right right um, we don't have to go into that (laughs) let's chat through what we liked what we didn't like and 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 just kind of share some thoughts so we started off eating these chicken nuggets we got four different kinds two of them were more, I, I'm, I'm going to say more on the bland side. There was a dark meat one that was plain breaded fried. These were all cold, by the way. So plain breaded fried leg leg meat and plain breaded fried breast meat or tender's meat. And what I said with those two was that like this is like stuff you want to feed your kids or <laughs> the really picky eaters that are still adults and you want to have those. And then there was another kind of quote unquote tier of these crispy cold fried chicken that was more on the spicy side and they it was evident by the red label on the plastic container um these were above and beyond for me they were delicious um do you have any thoughts on those
1: um i i mean i agree with you with the Mm. choices uh for sure though i think the most um unique comment and i thought was you, you you hit it on the head is just with like the the two that we didn't like but you said it's good for kids yeah it's almost like okay like which we're not like to try trying to reverse engineer the whole thing but you you nailed it it's just like okay what what would a kid like to eat and it's like the shape of that nugget oh sure all white meat that's
0: true that's true versus you know this was kind of like a not a cube but like a deformed it was like a chicken nugget almost but it was more a little more hearty um
1: and Ronnie the chick-fil-a little uh, bites but if you add they weren't steroids right because right. they were huge
0: add, add, a, add some beef to it yeah okay so moving on to sandwiches we got a the egg salad sandwich which David Chang suggested we get and then we also got a pork katsu sandwich so you lead you lead the charge in your thoughts on those
1: um I you know I think David Chang nailed on the head with that egg mm, sandwich mm-hmm. it, it was I mean this is just the nerdy side of me It was just a good ratio of egg salad it was creamy right um, you felt the nice egg in it, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of the protein portion.
0: I think the thing that sometimes, um, m- maybe, and maybe this is a nod back to that food for kids thing, mm-hmm. is that if you gave the project to any chef in the U.S. to make an egg salad sandwich, I don't think you would get a sandwich like that because it would be seen as too simple. It mm-hmm. would be seen as too safe. So for everybody listening, it was literally crustless white bread and creamy... Egg salad with like tiny chunks of of white, like mm-hmm. diced white, but everything else was like super creamy and <clears throat> I think the problem that you get when you bring not necessarily American chefs per se, but like people who have um, more to say with their food is that there was no like there was no diced onion in that. There was no scallions on it. there was no like bits of bacon in it. there was no um, chili right there was mm-hmm. like the paprika that you get with deviled eggs right. um there was no i don't know like apple cider vinegar sauce or, or 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 cabbage or or anything that you would associate with something else like a potato salad or or even like a deviled egg or a, a nicer it was just egg salad yeah. on white bread like it was very smooth it was very one-dimensional but that simplicity is what made it so good i think
1: See, the, and then you bring two points that i've always struggled with mm. Um, one if I, I'm accoling rate as a visual artist so as a mm. chef it's like thinking okay this is too easy for an egg sandwich why does it because it's so easy deter you to make something like you said simple sure but execute well and like it's an egg sandwich well like an omelet an omelet
0: that's true that's true mm-hmm. like crazy hard to make mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so
1: like wh- I, I, I can relate as a as a when i was a younger artist and like oh i wanted to do much so much and say so much but to me and i'm not sure if anybody know like my my path from being an artist like doing the menu art um it is quite simple right i'm just drawing on a menu sure but it makes me feel good and my audience likes it and Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna stop because it still brings me joy but I don't care if a critic says oh you don't have much to say to it stuff like that because they're not my audience
0: and clearly the audience that does receive it and likes it really likes it right like i got some great footage or photos of you this trip giving menu art out yeah and the people are so appreciative right? right um yeah i think it's because that simple generous act yeah um Okay, so the pork katsu sandwich, we both were a little bit disappointed, right? Yes. Um, And I reference the fact that you might be referring to a, a reference point, referring to a reference point, which is like the hot pork katsu sandwich or like you a beef it. katsu sandwich, which, I mean, we both in Seattle go to Adana for. Right. But this was cold. It had like a dab of mustard on the bread. Same mm-hmm. white bread as the egg salad sandwich.
1: Yeah, teriyaki too, right? Yeah, like a
0: like spicy katsu sauce, stone katsu yeah. sauce. I I agree with you where it wasn't stellar, it wasn't amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but if there was a place in Seattle where I could go get that, and I was kind of in a rush between coffee meetings, I would probably i i w- I, I would probably on occasion go for that for lunch, only because you it, it's so affordable, it's so affordable, and it's so readily available um i don't know do you have your thoughts on the pork katsu i mean I, I
1: agree with you i think it was missing a component mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, like and this is just my art my art way of thinking is okay the bread was the same as the egg sandwich right mm-hmm. so what was in between the bread uh, changed it changed right. how we perceive it. right right right. and if it's if, if you take and this is the, go back to your original topic with the egg sandwich if it's simple execute well it should be good
0: but when we talk about improving it, we talk about adding things. So that's an interesting.
1: So, yeah, I, think that's, I think we're in different camps. Like the egg sandwich, mm. I would not add it. And you, were, you may have thought you could have added something, right?
0: Yeah, maybe. It, it's not necessarily that I would add something. I, 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 I'm just dictating the fact that I found beauty in its simplicity. And that someone could come along and say that there's nothing special about this egg san- sandwich because it's not using Japanese pork in the mm-hmm. in the, you know what I mean?
1: To, to me that is such a human thing to do mm. in terms of when something's wrong we analyze it right and we it's either we add or subtract or we kind of find explanation
0: as opposed to thinking that it's something wrong with the viewer or the I, like how you're perceiving it
1: it's i think that's that's the difficulty i've been struggling with is why is something so simple so good mm. like is there an innate emotional quality to it um like it's, it's co- comforting yeah mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and, 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 and I, I can't define it
0: sure no so, it's a good re- rhetorical question of like why why does this so the katsu sandwich
1: our reference point that we were using mm-hmm. is a donna's mm-hmm. and i find that very comforting right
0: and it's also very simple
1: yeah but in, but then you brought it up to the point like you know if we ate the the current katsu sandwich from lawson it was warm. Would we be talking sure, about different? Sure, 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 So I, I, good find, question. It, I find it interesting. Yeah. I, I don't have more to add because right, right. I'm still contemplating about it.
0: Moving on to onigiri, so we got one that was salmon and sesame, one that was called a grilled rice ball, which was basically an onigiri <clears throat> shape, but it was coated in teriyaki sauce. <laughs> so it was no protein inside, no seaweed wrapped around it it's just a grilled rice ball and then uh the last one was um wrapped in seaweed but it had tuna mayo inside and i think that one was my favorite the tuna mayo
1: one yeah tuna mayo is by far only
0: cuz it has the right mix of like protein plus sauce and the seaweed was kind of nice made you think of kind of like those sushi roll vibes um it just it,
1: it just merged really well mm, Mhm. but like with the the that was it was tuna with mayo, right? Tuna mayo, yeah. So we had fat, protein, uh-huh. and then seaweed so, and rice, right? Yeah. And so
0: it felt c- more like a cohesive thing. Yeah. Sure. Sure.
1: Versus the it was just the other one was just rice mm, and sauce and sauce or
0: rice with yeah there was there was no like ma- <laughs> I commented on the salmon and and uh, uh, sesame one and I said it was beautifully like dispersed because everything was evenly mixed and. Right. It should have eaten really well, but it was very under-seasoned. Right. It was under-seasoned. There wasn't enough exciting textures to make it um, fun. There wasn't a sauce to add any acidity. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy that one. Um, Which is funny because we are choosing the most complex onigiri as our favorite as opposed to the most simple one. Back to that rhetorical
1: question. Well, I I, I view it the same way, though, as like... You said it worked cohesively. Sure. It goes that emotional quality. Like, I took a bite. Oh, yeah. I get everything. I understand this. And then egg sandwich, Mm, same thing. mm -hmm, Katsu, mm -hmm. I'm missing something.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, Dessert, we had something called a cream bread. Oh, that was so good. That was so good. Um, This very weird cartoon drink, which was a lemon and yogurt beverage. It worked just like a bubble tea. You stab a straw through it.
1: it tastes like baby food.
0: It tasted like baby food. It was not great. Um, I'm going to echo your praise on the cream bread because that was also really delicious. Um, and then the last thing we got was this. Uh, we were looking at strawberries all morning at the uh, Tsukiji market. And they had a um, chocolate. straw. They called it strawberry chocolate. So it was. it's from Meiji. And it's chocolate on the outside and some sort of strawberry filling on the inside. But it's just a basic chocolate bar.
1: Delicious. And, and whoever was listening, that was the like last movie by Justin, and it was a killer move.
0: I grabbed it just... I, we were almost late to check
1: out, but I, I... I like how I rushed you, and you're like, I'm just going to pick the cheaper yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I did just pick the cheaper one. Um, so, yeah, it was great. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, should we move on to drinks? I um yes. I actually got advertised on Instagram for Pepsi's version of the cherry... Blo- like, Pepsi with cherry blossoms. And I was really hoping that they would have that so I could get it and we could taste it, but they didn't. But they had this one called Mitsuya Cider, which, judging by the cherry blossoms and kind of like the cream
1: soda-y-ness of it. I mean, the bottle looks like an F a Formula One run racing bottle. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's got waves. It's got blossoms blowing in Yeah, air. yeah,
0: yeah. It's got a funny uh, red and blue logo yeah. with a white background. Yeah. Um, it, I It was great. Drinks. Th- th- this drink was fine. It was a nice differentiation from american sodas and i don't know i don't necessarily think that it paired quote-unquote really well with anything i i I didn't i didn't hate it though no i i I think that was
1: fine do you want to talk about your soda um so (laughs) i'm I'm kind of embarrassed to say i was looking for a soda but all the other sodas is like we're familiar with Mm. like you know coke sprite stuff and then some kind of or i was looking at this carbonated drink that was um made by asahi but I picked it because of the anime characters.
0: <laughs> there are cartoons all over this
1: bottle, um, and it's this is not an advertising plug or anything. This is the and Blue Fantasy, and I'm just like, I just got to try it because it's probably advertising to people mm. who are playing,
0: are fans of. But it was strange because I couldn't I couldn't pick out a flavor per se to say like it's not that I've never had that flavor before, but I mean if you told me that that was caramel colored flavored soda, I would be like, yeah, that's probably right. Did you pick out any flavor notes? I mean, you said citrus maybe?
1: I felt a little citrus. I, the carbonation was really strong on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um interesting. Yeah. I I, I again, I just picked off with the bottle, which is typical of me. And um
0: well, so the last one that I picked out and and this is something that I like to do in Japan as a half Indian person because the Japanese also love their yogurt. Yeah. Which is great. And so this is like a It's like a calpico, but it's flavored with orange. So it's like a yogurt drink with orange. and
1: Curious. You said it reminds you of, like, lassi or something?
0: It doesn't remind me of lassi because lassi is a different texture. It's a different level of sweetness. Uh It's a different uh, body, like, on your palate. But the idea of using lactic acid to season things and kind of adding a little bit of sweetness to it Mm – the India, like the Middle East, does that does that in a great way, right? um But th- from my from my knowledge, the Chinese don't do it. No, I mean, Thai people don't do it, right? Like, but the Japanese, for whatever reason, they do it, and I think that's very very interesting. Like, this could be condensed milk and orange. This what? could be, um, I mean, I don't know, pick pick any other dairy and orange, but for some whatever reason, it's yogurt. And I don't know the history of Calpico. Somebody can comment comment and tell me all about it, um, which I would actually love to hear about. But um, I think it's delicious. I was going to say, because,
1: rem- you know, in v- Vietnamese and Chinese culture, they do have, you know, like kind on of this sweet, like rice water uh, okay, okay. drink, which kind of reminds me of it. But I think in these times, it reminds me more of like a milk, like some kind of milk tea, bubble sure. tea concoction. I, g- I can agree with that. Um, but that is my favorite. Um I, I I was surprised that you picked it out because it was also made by Saki and I was like, Okay. I and ironically it was the best drink I think we had of all all four, right? We had four drinks. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I agree.
0: So overall I think we could have maybe gotten a little more expansive with going to like a seven eleven or a um a different convenience store to get some stuff. Mm-hmm. But um I think that this serves as a really good kind of like twenty minute primer for anyone going to Tokyo to kind of get a sense of I've never been to a Japanese convenience store. What do I get? What do I look for? What do I ask about? What do I um look at and not look at? Um mm-hmm. I think I think I think we did a really good job of getting some stuff that was good and, and being able to share our thoughts on that and also some stuff that was like not so great and that you should probably avoid. But again, everyone's palate is different and you might love this weird cartoon, baby, baby, lemon yogurt, baby food. Uh, And you might also be someone, like that's another thing that's that's really interesting is that like if you're here in Japan and you really just want to see the sights and experience the culture, but you don't like ramen, you don't like spicy food, you could probably get away with eating at convenience stores, having simple rice with teriyaki sauce and crispy chicken tenders and yeah. be super happy.
1: I think, and let go back to our original point, why we did it. You know, we heard, well, I heard it from David Chang and you were like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and kudos to David Chang to bring it up because I think it was actually a, a fun little foodie yeah. adventure that, you know, <laughs> the cost was incredible. <laughs>
0: 2,700 yen, which equates to like 24, 24. US dollars. Yeah. And we couldn't even finish all the food. Number one, number two, we got such a range of stuff, um, and 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 yeah, man, like open open all hours of the day. Um, this was our second trip to a convenience store today. I got yes. two different kinds of coffee this morning. One was hot, one was cold because they'll like do canned coffee and you can keep it. They'll warm some of them up, then the other ones will be in a cooler. It's such a fascinating. <laughs>
1: You concept because family mart was the place that we
0: yeah family mart so like there's there maybe we should mention a few for people that are wanting to travel to japan so there's lawson's there's Seven Eleven, family mart mini stop mini stop
1: um, i mean natural that that should cover your bases yeah i mean right? those those places mm-hmm. I, I think we made the right choice of just choosing one but, uh, yeah, I, I, I would be curious if someone else does the same thing, but, like, with a different convenience store. Right.
0: And the other beauty, the, the other beauty of it is you can get a set of nail clippers. You can get some shampoo. You can uh, – there's – in ATM, there's, I don't know, anything you could possibly want in the form of convenience, which is fantastic.
1: What I loved is when we went – it was during lunchtime. And I put this on my Instagram story. There is like eight people reading manga and then right next to it there's a smoke room.
0: <laughs> oh my god. It's true. It's true. It is the water- it is the proverbial watering hole. Yeah. of Japan, which is great. Um okay. Any other thoughts on Japan or I guess this trip that you want to share or do you want to get into chatting about more big picture stuff and giving giving me an update on what's what's going on?
1: Well, I want to be selfish. Yeah. Uh because um, you know, as a plug, Justin and I are here to mm. do uh, a cool event. Justin, amazing videographer, is going to be posting uh, about it soon. So that's why I think I don't want to discuss further because sure, it's it's well.
0: Uh, to be honest, this podcast is probably going to be up way after
1: even better. And I a-
0: okay, so you got to go watch it. You got to watch on, it. Hopefully on Dosfy's Instagram. Yes, slash website
1: website, and then. Then I want to be selfish again. You invite me again. We could talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a, That's a good call. I, uh, yeah. That's a good call. Take
1: pride. That I was, I've been on twice in the first it's season. It's yeah. <laughs> so you
0: have to do twice in the second season. Um, okay. Cool. So we're in Japan for the super secret project. Um, and we had, we we're, we're just taking it as an inspiration vacation as well. Right. Like you obviously are get, just a trip to the plate store this morning. You were inspired oh. Oh God, to yeah. kind of like influence your piece tonight. So I think that's really really cool. And yeah,
1: I, I think we've all been here for now twenty four hours. Yeah, we've been here now for twenty four hours. A lot of ground. Yeah, and it's just it's been great.
0: It's not twenty four hours. It's twenty three hours and oh thirty God. minutes. Oh we we landed we landed thirty <laughs> minutes ago yesterday.
1: And kudos it's to crazy. Justin for adjusting so quickly to a, a foreign time.
0: I actually did really well this this time with jet lag. I didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah, I did fine. That was also really smart of us to like get to the hotel not sleep. Go straight to dinner, right. do some sightseeing, go see the Gundam and then Which sleep.
1: With my highlight of yesterday. Yeah,
0: but we were up at we were up at a.m. this morning. Just fine. I mean, It's true. It's great. Um yeah. what do you what else do you have in the pipeline for 2019? Are there are you continuing to foster chef relationships? Are you looking for more corporate things because there's a budget behind it? Are you trying to do a balance of both?
1: Yeah, I think well, Let's start off with last time when we spoke we did a podcast in Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia. Yep. And at the time we we were kind of looking back it's kind of been, it's been a year uh, we've been kind of together nurturing this live art aspect of DOSV. Um, and I find it fascinating um, I could say then I was I was just intrigued if live art could be translated to people more so um, could I perform and give joy to other people how i get joy from making art and it's still the same thing but now it's more it's executed well especially with you um you you really know how to capture not only the art piece made the audience response the whole events and then creating a storyline from that Mm -hmm. i think that has really been refined yep um and so that's that that goal now extending it to a, a new avenue and this what you're touching upon is i i've been very blessed and fortunate that the restaurant community accepted the menu art and then from there expanded to this live art um and so that's that's always been the roots of that whole um interaction mm. now like you asked about the sponsorships and stuff like that um i don't it's it's it's, it's a different ball game it's a different space because everybody has their goals with a, an event um, and I'm still trying to create joy from art
0: and provide value exactly to the sponsor yeah they're in
1: exactly and so it's it's much easier because like this meal we had we were trying to just enjoy food and understand food and our relations and mm. connections to it there's a story already ingrained in food right we like right now in this event, we're trying to figure out the story we're trying to achieve, um, and it's a different sphere. It's a different challenge. I welcome that challenge, um, and I'm really glad for the great support and team that like like you. Um, so I'm not saying no to it, but I'm trying to understand more like w- can I accomplish it with the with the task they have at hand, and that's really hard. Because if you said, it and then we supposed earlier if you had to make live art about soap, uh, I don't know what I could do. That's right, gonna be tough. Right, right, right. So it, it's it's comes back to what story you want to tell. Mm-hmm. Because this is actually my wife and I were discussing this because we flew back to Houston for this trip, and uh, I finally saw *A Star Is Born*. Oh,
0: I haven't watched it. Yet. I almost watched it on the flight here.
1: Oh man, we, I want you to watch it. We we need to talk about it. Um, and we've watched, seen everything in the story, but what I was wondering with my wife is the main character, she got her break from the the male character. And um, he felt that she wasn't saying what he, she, what she needed to say, or what, what what he thought was truthful to her as an artist. Mm-hmm. And then she, as any artist was, is, and goes through, and I'm going through it as well, seeking approval right from an audience right and those two clashed and i thought it was just a very true yeah line of and it resonated yeah mm. any creative in the field is it crosses this boundary and line over and over again mm-hmm. like what am i doing am i doing something meaningful to myself is it meaningful to the audience is there a happy medium between those two the relationship and balance between the two um and and then and that's that's what I, I struggle through every every single time. So if you add a sponsorship to it or you have me at home making a project for myself, I just do it. Is, it, is this worth what I think is worth doing? Sure.
0: So what's interesting to me, I, w- I want to get back to that, but I want to kind of bring people up to speed on your thoughts on doing these different creative projects and branding things in different ways and then figuring out ways to fuse them together, right? And and mm-hmm. and this is in relation to what you brought up with the menu art, the live art, and then what I saw as the third element, which was menu art experience slash eat with your eyes.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And
0: so the way that you were able to look at the parallels between this project which was live art, which was you know stereotypically at an event where you are a exhibitionist almost mm-hmm. versus menu Performer. art experience <laughs> right <laughs> right menu art experience or eat with your eyes which was very much so you are a collaborator you are a event partner almost right yeah so for you to kind of take a step back and say that I'm better off maybe branding eat with your eyes as a live art experience where does your head go with that? And what would you advise anybody who has a couple of these different projects in the pipeline? Cause I'm also guilty of that too. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, well, well, one thing is, um, I want to make sure I say this, like branding and all that. So the whole creative and planning process that doesn't really gum through my, my brain, like, Oh, it might, is good for the brand. like right. I'm, I'm, I'm not that I have a great people and team that help me maintain that. Mm hmm as as and then back to your original question how do you go in between that um i think i've mentioned this before or mentioned at least in the menu art experience my 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 art mentor explained that there's three components uh and we've talked about this before the artist the art and the audience and uh in the beginning i was focused on uh the art and what could I do for the art? And that, that kind of reflects back to me as an artist, figuring out what I, what my skill sets, what can I accomplish? Um, but now um, I'm more focused on the audience, and if I better understand the audience, I can I already have the skill set to make the art... Uh, Contextual. Exactly, mm. exactly. Execution is... Right. Yeah. I, 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 I think now, more than ever, um, ideas are and this is kind of arrogant for me to say because it's so early, but ideas are the easy part. Mm -hmm. Execution is the Mm -hmm. hard part.
0: And I think that's that been something that you've been very good at this whole time is making sure that when you present an idea, it has some weight to it, right? Right. Like you don't present something like eat with your eyes. Like even the fact that you named it something so that chefs could, and this is something that my business partner talks about all the time, which is something that you can hang your hat on. Mm -hmm. Something that like, If you would have just said, hey, I kind of want to do this creative thing where I draw at the table during the meal. Yeah. As opposed to going them and saying, hey, I want to do this event. It's called Eat With Your Eyes. I want to collaborate with you on the aesthetic of the food that you create in a way that in the way that it presents so that the guests have a little bit more fun and interact with your food in a way that they wouldn't have normally done it before. Right. That is a much more, like, the way that you tie a bow around it and present it, yeah. I think, is much more, like... It's much more layered. Yeah, but the fact the fact of the matter is, you were able to do that before executing it on your first one, right? And I think that that says something, that, that, that there's something to be said about that where you've never done an Eat With Your Eyes event before, mm-hmm. but you were able to think through all of these steps before presenting it, right? So...
1: I, I'm curious because When you say that mm-hmm. Like I don't view it that way um, Only because I did that Airbnb menu art experience Prior to that
0: I guess Which was kind of a beta testing thing But it takes a lot more To go to another chef And ask to be a part of their tasting menu Like well, that's I don't know I, never if even anyone, about that. I don't know of anybody else Who's asking to be Like other than maybe like wineries That want to do a pairing Which is right. not even getting involved In the food or the aesthetic Right yeah. like That's that's asking a lot of a chef. Not in not in a bad way, but like the way that you were able to execute on that idea, which is weird because it's like execute on the idea before the execution. Right. There's something to be said there. So so if if there's somebody who has, you know, something that they want to present to their boss or a new menu format or even like a new dish, like they just have a dish in their head and they're they're a line cook and they just want to present it to their sous chef as like, I want to do a special on this this weekend. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you think about to kind of like get yourself ready to pitch that? Like what, what, what oh, what's the script question. that you roll through in your head of like, this is what they're going to ask. And this is what they're going to say. Because I mean, yeah, from how question. you present things to me, I know how you think about it, but I think that you can provide a lot of value in that space. So, so okay.
1: um, can I, can I reverse engineer yeah, this? Sure, sure, sure. Or at least, Okay, so let me, let's me let let's talk about the first time I pitched it to Derek. Mm. So kudos to Derek as well. He's the one who allowed me to try this project. And without a, don't even know how I pitched it to them. Oh, I know how I pitched it to them. I go, hey, would you ever do a collaboration, Derek? And it was on New Year's Eve and we've both been drinking. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, let's do it.
0: And he, so maybe here's something else that you hadn't thought about. Did you present it to Derek first because you knew that he had done other crazy quote-unquote collaborations with doing a wheat a cannabis dinner doing a tattoos dinner You know that. and you knew all of these and that were in his portfolio already So you were able to identify him as a good guinea pig for this idea.
1: Yeah Well one when Derek and I first met We I knew the way he talked and then he told his past that he used to went to he went to art school So we knew huh. he knew he he had he understood how I viewed the world sure and i had a tiny glimpse of how he viewed the world Mm -hmm. um and so if you take that perspective as we're both artists whether it be visual food whatever music all that if you're both artists and the hardest thing for every artist who's working as an artist is the next project Mm -hmm. um to have an opportunity to work with someone you respect as well as you uh, care for as a friend um, i think anybody In a heartbeat, would say yes.
0: Right. So, me being the person who's trying to distill takeaways from this, it's to do your homework and try to find
1: out what... Can I add to that? Yeah. So, uh, I guess when we're talking about dissecting what we did is um, I... Uh, and and the, the no that this is this is this is probably probably, probably going to be about the most boring part of this conversation is derek and i knew mm. that we're creating an experience but at the same time we need to fill seats mm. we need to make sure it sustains itself mm-hmm. we asked all those questions during our second meeting so yeah the the first yes on new year's eve was hey yeah get your foot in the door but two get, prepare yourself that, that's what i think um a lot of artists in my field don't fully understand and what i've been learning and still learning and making lots of mistakes is understanding who your audience is and not just chef Derek, but where he works at mm-hmm. what his what his colleagues and bosses will say and stuff like that sure and that's what it, talking about homework that's that's the homework that i don't think people realize mm-hmm. and when you ask the very breaking question like oh you're doing it with chefs are you doing it with you now sponsors stuff like that understanding your audience for the art, but you also your audience of who you're doing this project with. What are their goals? Right. And if you can get all those aligned, mm-hmm.
0: then... From the get, basically, right? So, uh, for, for anyone listening, what are those initial questions that they're going to ask when you propose this project? Like, how much is it going to cost? How much do you cost? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, how much are we going to charge? Yeah. Um, cost, who's going to staff it? This yeah.
1: <laughs> how, okay.
0: how, what are you going to chart? Like, uh, who's going to staff it? Right? right. When are we going to do it? Are you going to try to take over my Saturday night dinner service and yeah. try to do this weird creative project? Or are you going to do it on a, a Monday at 5 p.m. when the restaurant's normally slow? Yeah, you nailed it. Um, like, all these initial questions, if you can come armed with the answers to that to kind of, like, Diffuse the bomb before it yeah. explodes kind of thing I think I think that there's a lot of value there and and the other yeah you, you go for it
1: because well, I have notes about this yeah so my, my always my thoughts is this is um, if you're pitching it to someone whoever you're pitching it and I apologize for cussing I don't I rarely cuss is what I always say is why the fuck would they do this
0: uh-huh. like
1: if you can't answer that in one or two sentences you need to go back to the, uh, the you know right. writing board and figure it out and yeah. I've read this book and it, it, it sounds true in the notes Like, I, the book's called Getting Past No and so really there's components of it is how you make a deal how do you get past no and that's like back to my original question like why would they do this is well they're gonna say no to something but jump on the one thing they're gonna say yes to oh okay so if, if they're gonna if they agree with you 99 things out of 100 that one thing they say yes to is going to, to keep bringing that back up exactly
0: reinforcing that this is a good idea because we both want to show that we're creative or we both want to show that we support the arts right, right? like in your case right like right
1: so with right there we're talking about that's that's it's easy for us to talk about this it's mm-hmm. easy for chef derek to agree with that but his boss is going to be like why, why should we do a creative art event? Right. But then it's like, hey, it's a new experience that highlights the, what, the restaurant. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's mm-hmm. one. Okay. Got it, got it, got but it. But then, like, okay, well, then what all comes down is the logistics. And, and like you mentioned before, time sure. and stuff like that. Sure. What it really comes down to is is this experience worth value? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what you have to answer. Yep. Yep. Is this valuable to everybody? Right. And so, my, the other two points I have, I always say make it easy to say yes for the deal. And then make it hard for them to say no, and, and those are just easy concepts. But if you can answer those in a well-rounded pitch, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you're you're on your way. You're
0: on your way. So something else that you said earlier on kind of caught my eye, and I don't want to take this too long because I know we got to both put suits <laughs> on in a oh, hot shoot, second here. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the the three pillars that you that you preach all the time, which is artist, art, and audience, and you mentioned that. In the beginning it was it was more about the art and now it's more about the audience. So what went through your head in making that shift? And what how are you how are you kind of fulfilling those needs and how are you kind of like perceiving those? Is it because you feel a little bit more comfortable with the product itself? Um what motivated that switch and 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 what what what, what challenges are you
1: dealing with right now with that? Um. Well, I think it's just a little more confidence in what I can do. Um, a, a perfect example is if, if, if on Instagram, like how many posts I have. That's how many times I've been drawing just for that menu art. Sure, and there's more I'm drawing, beyond that, so I've gotten comfortable what my craft is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the next, the next challenge as an artist is like, well, do you change your craft completely and learn something new? or you put it into a, a different environment and you adapt and I'm just too old to learn <laughs> something new. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm jumping to adapt. And right. The easiest step is just understanding the audience. More. Sure. Sure. Because like you said earlier that I just never knew is like, um, how did you get chef Derek? Cause it's so hard to do this and this. Like mm-hmm. I had no clue. Yeah. That how hard it is. Cause yeah, I've never yeah, been yeah. a chef. Totally. Right? Totally. Um, and you bringing that up just makes mm. me realize, like, I don't even know my audience in terms of not just diners. I felt I, I, that's what I was trying to learn, but, mm. but who I work with. Right, right. Um, and so right there, just there's still a whole avenue to learn. Right. Um, so I just, it's just the next easiest step where I perceive things. Yeah.
0: So you're very good, and this is something that chefs are not always great at, is asking for direct feedback and it's something that i've seen you do especially when i started to see you make that transition between worrying more about the art and then worrying more about the audience you would conduct almost i mean they were they were uh customer satisfaction surveys on steroids you yeah. would <laughs> you would sit people down you would have elaborate conversations with them you would ask them these um sometimes probing questions that would give you some insight into how was their experience what did they enjoy? What did they not enjoy? Um, would they recommend it to a friend? Um, did you learn that from somewhere, or or, or um, was that something that you were just naturally curious about? And because there's a lot of fear between behind asking those questions. So, can you talk a little bit about that? And then I want to take that one
1: one more step further. Um, I mean, one that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I think I need a lot of time to contemplate that. Mm-hmm. My. Initial reaction right now to that is just how I've been raised. My uh, – not to be stereotypical, but Asian household. My mom kind of was like a tiger mom mm-hmm. and nothing ever was good enough. Right. Um, and so uh, that's one component. The other component is just my internal fear that um, – and I still I, I still fight with this. Is like I want to perform the best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's – but it's not – it's not like a test where you get a hundred, po- uh, you know, hundred out of hundred. Right. It's you just do the best you can. Sure. But I can't stop not thinking. Like if I got ninety eight out of yeah, hundred, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. the two points I R- didn't get? So, but then my
0: question goes to: Do you ask those questions of the guests that you had at your experience to figure out what your score was? Oh. Because so because to me, most people who are like that who perceive their work as not good enough hmm They look for that in-the-moment reaction of someone smiling when they take a bite right. or uh, The big reveal and their eyes light up or whatever and then that is all the validation they need mm-hmm. and they most people like that will not probe and ask the question of what did you think about this? Would you recommend this to a friend?
1: Oh, that's fascinating. because it's like
0: asking your it's like asking your uh, mom when you're just got done with your recital performance how, what did you think right like her Initial reaction should say, Or even just the fact that she Didn't say that she was disappointed Should be enough to validate do you Know what I mean so like there's something else in you That that the fear Doesn't exist right like you are Okay with taking that step
1: A step further well I think, I think it goes back to what well, there's two points I Think uh, what came up when you said yeah. asked that is When I I played I played Competitive soccer mm. I mean I did Olympic Development program stuff like that like I, I was training in high school, tried to be on the Olympic team, mm-hmm. and my mom. A perfect example is at halftime. I would go to the sidelines, and I remember all the other parents be like, "You know, good job, you did that." And I go to my mom, I go, "What do you think?" And then oh. she would just like tear me apart, be like, "You didn't miss this. You did this. Yeah, you let this happen."
0: But you saw that as valuable.
1: I saw it as valuable because I, mm. I, I, I think that's 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 just me, just like. There's always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, reflecting back, is I love the journey. Mm-hmm. I love the work mm-hmm. to get better. Um, and so, when you're saying, Oh, not many people do this, is like to me, that's just normal. Because mm-hmm. um, you're putting yourself on the fast track to improve yeah, a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, this is probably why I love listening to entrepreneur podcasts because mm-hmm. I always listen, you always know about their mistakes. You right. always want to know what they did wrong. Right. Um, it's it, I, my, and that's my my wife. I, I love her for, to death about this. It's like her, like her initial reaction, be like, I could tell if it's a good piece or not, mm. and like she only likes five pieces stuff yep. sort of that. Yeah. So, um, it, it just, I, it's just how I've been, yeah, yeah, just go about it. Mm-hmm. There's also the other part I was thinking is there's a window where people remember things. Mm-hmm. So if you broke, well, how I view it, if you broke all the art things apart so music and food go so well together because i agree yeah it's such a quick emotional reaction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you either love it or you don't Mm -hmm. and um it it can transport you which is i think it's a lot harder in the other art forms like writing you know when you read and stuff like that sure it's it's when you read a book over and again it it takes it takes a while for Mm -hmm. you to get transported to another realm because you're also left sometimes to your imagination right like exactly someone
0: describes a tropical beach your tropical beach is different than my tropical beach but if i serve you an onigiri rice ball with sesame and salmon (laughs) that you can't perceive it as anything else right like maybe you have some memories that will trigger but for the most part it's very tan it's very tangible
1: you doubt it Mm. and so and i've had this discussion i'm not sure how true it is but the beauty of visual arts, it's timeless. Mm -hmm. Like you could see a piece, a painting that was like example, like um, not even Renaissance, but Greek sculptures. Sure. I wonder how often people look at it and know that they're looking back in time.
0: Mm -hmm. Did you hear Seth Godin's, this is an aside, but did you hear Seth Godin's podcast on the, the, the Greek and Roman? Maybe it was just Roman or maybe just Greek statues and how we display them as being white
1: yeah they used to be painted
0: and they used to be painted yeah
1: that's I, very I, interesting to me I, I didn't know but i knew that from art history yeah and I, and it's I, a
0: really good pot uh, you'll have,
1: to listen, I to, have it. to listen to that yes yeah. definitely it's really good But and that's the thing is and that's what i think is fascinating and mm-hmm. that goes back to the audience comment mm-hmm. is we will tell the story to ourselves well we as, na- as humans we will rationalize everything like a perfect example is we all back then thought the world was flat. Right. Right. And one person goes, I don't think so. <laughs> and here we are. It's all flipped. Right. And there's some people now who still think the world is flat. not and, wrong. <laughs> right. So, um, that in itself, uh, to me, is finds fascinating. It's like what we take for granted because we have no evidence or stuff like that, but we believe it's truth. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. And so going back to asking questions about a meal, uh, your experience it is i'm almost like you said i'm probing I, I I want to know one it's hard enough to get people to come to an event mm-hmm. um that's uh i actually have a book like there's eight truths like go if you ask 10 people go hey you want to go to an art museum maybe i bet you two people will go mm-hmm. okay hey do you want to go to a place you get free food oh there's like eight out of ten people are going to come true. It's true. So uh, the, the, to eat with your eyes, I was like, it's a natural it. transition. You yeah, yeah, have yeah. to get food to get you in. And I, I was an RA in college. Right. If I didn't put free food on an event, and I, no one would come. Yeah, yeah. So to me, I was just like, it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the th- thing that I wanted to ask next was if
0: you had to distill one question that it's given you the most ROI when you ask someone about an experience. Mm-hmm. Or maybe something surprising, where like I always get the most unique answers when I ask this. Like, if you did a fifty-person event tomorrow and you had to speed question them mm-hmm. all, what would be the one question that you would you would ask to get the most out, uh, feedback-wise so this out is, of feedback-wise? That's so funny. Like yeah. people
1: are like, "Oh, what was your favorite dish? What was mm-hmm. the worst dish? Yep. What can do that?" Like those. To me, and I've been doing it for a while. Those are like kind of the uh, primary questions. Mm-hmm. As someone who doesn't really understand their audience and what you're trying to achieve right and i'm not accusing anybody because i'm I'm still going through that sure um the best question i have is if you had to tell your friend or family to come to this event what would you tell them right that is that in itself has so much content to understand Mm -hmm. what the person Mm -hmm. and the reason why you can like, like you said dissect it is like we talked about our pre- previous projects, what's the story you want to tell? Yeah. So right there, you find out what your audience, what they got from the event. Right. It's one thing. Two, you find out emotionally mm-hmm. or what memories they got from that event. Mm-hmm. Three, how do they explain it to their friends? Right. So their brain is already kind of, you know, in com- sales mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know what they're going to, Tell their friends, sure. And what they're going to tell your friends is then what you need to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing is, like, uh, you can do all the marketing in the world, but the reputation is what people say behind your back, yeah. kind of thing.
1: Totally, I agree. Yeah. That that's to me right now. I'm still learning, mm-hmm. so I'm no expert at all. Mm-hmm. That's the best question that gives me all different answers, yep. but tells me so much.
0: Mm. Because, I mean, say all you want about social media and whatever word of mouth. In our industry, is still the most valuable. Yeah, form of marketing.
1: Period. Absolutely. Period. We we went to Lawson because David Chang says I think this is the best food you can get in Japan. So And it's convenience store. And so I'm like, true. well, dang, we need to start that. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I'm not going to get a fancy restaurant. Uh, for your
0: artist's sake, that was a great way to kind of complete the circle on this, because we need to get ready. Yes. Very shortly to go to our super secret project is there anything that you want to leave people with as far as parting thoughts or things that you, anything,
1: anything? Um, I, I guess it goes back to like, you know, I think what you're doing with everything, um, mm. uh, but your podcast and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's grown, it's matured, it's getting distilled all their process. So uh, why I would say thank your listeners that this is great. Totally. Um, as me personally, um, I would, Loved people. This is not a plug, but it kind of it is a plug in a mm. way. Um, one, just like go to dosu.net and just tell me your thoughts of what what, what you're seeing because the videos you made, the how I relate the 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 website. It's supposed to be an experience, mm-hmm. and I'm still trying to fine tune it. So I would love to see people going to that. So just more things I can improve upon. Totally. That's my concept. That's Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for being on the show, my man. It was awesome. We
0: did it. You're in outro land now. Thank you so much. I appreciate your ears more than you'll ever know. Hey, by making it to the end, you're the type of person that I want to speak to directly. This little production is constantly growing. If you enjoyed this episode, if you like what I'm trying to do with this show and want to make sure more people can find us, a free way to help out that takes less than three minutes is to leave The Emulsion a great review on iTunes. If you didn't enjoy this show, please also leave a review. I'm happy to take any constructive feedback you've got. If you want to learn more about support. Supporting this show with your hard-earned cash. Patreon.com slash Justin is the place to do that. I've got tiers starting at just $1 per month. Let's say you just like being involved through suggesting stories to be covered or asking questions to my interview guests. You can stay up to date by following along on Twitter or Instagram. That is linked up in the description for your convenience or always available on justinkanna.com. If you're on YouTube and listening, you can take this show on the go because this is available on all podcast platforms, including Spotify. And if you prefer video versions of things like my interview shows or the shorter intermezzo Episodes, and you're listening audio only. Please check out my YouTube channel to see more of that. Now's normally where I'd say my name is Justin Kana, and I hope you have a good one. But you've probably got another podcast episode to listen to, so I'm just gonna get out of the out of the way here. Excuse, excuse me, pardon me.